Ziegfeld had asked me in 1919 to do one act of his follies of that year. The show contained uh, Eddie Cantor, Marilyn Miller, Bert Williams, and a wonderful cast, you see. And I had finished my act, and I was going away. I'd, my commitment was finished with. And Flo called me in his office, and he said, look, I want you to look at some costume plates. And he showed me five costume plates, and he told me of the, his greatest beautiful girls he was going to glorify with these, in these dresses. And he says, I'd like a song for them. And I tried to bow out. I had finished my job. So I tried to get an idea of how can he show these girls off. So I thought of comparing each girl with a melody, not a popular song, but an old classic, such as Tromerai, Mendelssohn's Spring Song. Yeah. And I had a lyric written to each one. Then I had to have a song to introduce all this. So the last thing that came was A Pretty Girl's Like a Melody. It became a theme song for the Ziegfeld Showgirls. And did he use it in subsequent shows oh, to, to present these not, girls? Not so, uh, he, he used it in the Follies of 1919. It was not the so-called big hit of the Follies. There was another song called Tulip Time, which sold more copies. But there's something about a pretty girl's like a melody. It holds on. Don't I wish I could tell you, Sylvia, why it holds on. Mm -hmm. I can't put my finger on the quality. There is a quality, to, in my opinion, songs are like people. You meet sometimes a, a, a girl who's not too pretty. But then you talk to her, and she suddenly develops a personality, and she becomes beautiful. And I think songs are the same way. Well, and it's like liking a person. I mean, they, they gain right. their, their right. beauties enhanced and enhanced for your life. And with time, time takes on nostalgia that helps it all. Now let's hear A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody from the Siegfeld Follies of 1919. pretty girl is like a melody that haunts you night and day just like the strength of a haunting refrain she'll start upon a marathon and run around your brain You can't escape She's in your memory By morning, night, and
Lions back again with Irving Berlin. Irving, you've shown your rare talent to capture the spirit of a holiday and the depth of our emotions. You did it superbly again when you wrote that song that there's about business that there's no business like. Will you tell us the story about that song? I was doing the words of music for a show called Annie Get Your Gun, produced by Rogers and Hammerstein. The book was written by Herbert and Dorothy Fields. And there was a situation in there where they tried to sell Annie the, the idea of show business, how happy she would be because she was a good shot. We also had a stage to clear. So this was a thing in one. And I wrote the song and thought it was a throwaway number. I wasn't crazy about it as... You probably remember there were songs in it. Uh, they say it's wonderful doing what comes naturally. I've got the sun in the morning, moon, night, the girl that I marry. All, and we depended on those songs. So show business was written as a piece of special material. And the reason I'm bringing this point, Sylvia, is that the songwriter... It's very fashionable for the songwriter after he has a big hit to say, well, I thought this all out, so they don't at all. They write as good as they can, and then something happens that has nothing to do with them, and that's what happened with There's No Business Like Show Business. Mm. I try to make it a funny song, and I found every time I got funny about show business, I couldn't be funny enough. It had to be sentimental. It had to be nostalgic. And serious, too. And sincere, not serious, because if you took... I kidded it, I took it lightly, but when you said there's no people like show people, I meant that. Well, that's true, yes. Well, that's what I mean by serious. You see, yeah. Now, let's have another Irving Berlin thrill. Let's hear that exciting song called There's No Business Like Show Business. about it is appealing everything the traffic will allow no way could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow there's no people like show people they smile when they are long yesterday they told you you would not go The 
costumes, the scenery, the makeup, the props, the audience that lifts you when you're down. The headaches, the heartaches, the backaches, the flops, the sheriff who escorts you out of town. The opening when your heart beats like a drum. The closing when the customers don't come. Word before the show has started That your favorite uncle died at dawn And top of that, your partner has parted You're broken-hearted, but you go on There's no people like show people They smile when they are long Even with a turkey that you know That was 1946. That's it's Ethel Merman from There's No Business Like Show Business. This is wall-to-wall Irving Berlin wrapping up at the Symphony Space on the Upper West Side in Manhattan, broadcast over WNYC, New York Public Radio. That was 1946. Back in 1910, there was a dance craze, actually several dance crazes in Manhattan that were sweeping the city. A new breed of uh, what was called uh, vigorous, even highly sexual dances. They were called things like the rag, the rock, the turkey trot, the monkey. The lame duck was one of them. Another one was called the bunny hug. To see them was even more shocking to folks at that time. The dancers actually pressed themselves together on the dance floor in full view of the public. And uh, from pulpits and in the press, self-appointed guardians of public morality decried what they called at the time, quote, dancing bestiary. In fact, in 1910, in the issue of Harper's Weekly, uh, readers' concerns were pricked with the question, where is your daughter this afternoon? Is she dancing the turkey trot? Well, Irving Berlin, as we heard this evening, uh, was certainly one to capitalize on what was going on at the time and the uh, craze of the moment. He wrote a song called Everybody's Doing It Now. He didn't talk about what the it was, but everybody knew what it is. This is Everybody Doing It Now from 1911. There's a recording in 1938 made by Tommy Dorsey in the Clambake 7 with the singer is Edith Wright on WNYC New York Public Radio. Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it See that ragtime couple over there Watch them throw their shoulders in the air Snap their fingers, honey, I declare It's a bear, it's a bear, it's a bear Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it Everybody's doing it, doing it, doing it Ain't that music touching your heart Feel that trombone busting apart Come, 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 let us start Everybody's doing it now
That's Tommy Dorsey in the orchestra. The Clambake Seven with Edith Wright singing Everybody's Doing It Now, Irving Berlin's song from 1911. This is a wall-to-wall Irving Berlin from Symphony Space in Manhattan's Upper West Side being broadcast from WNYC, rather over WNYC, 93.9 New York Public Radio. The uh, Symphony Space being just about emptied out now. Musicians are clearing the stage and the folks are leaving. It was a great day, 12 hours of music by Irving Berlin. Back in 1919, Irving Berlin wrote a review at the end of World War I called Yip Yip Yap Hank. And another review at the uh, during World War II, 1940 to about 1943, called This is the Army. He and an entire company of Army musicians and actors and scenery people and just about everybody, I think there were 300 in the company, traveled all over the world entertaining troops and not only American troops, but all of the uh, Allied forces, right up until, I think it was the end of 1943. Irving Berlin himself went on the road with this company, and uh, one of the things that he did was sing uh, Oh How I Hate to Get Up in the Morning, which was a big hit from 1919, Yip Yip Hank. But when he was in England in 1940-41, one of the things he tried to do was to cement relations between the American soldiers and the English soldiers. And one of those tunes was uh, A Little Old Church in England. Irving Berlin introduces this song and another song called When That Man is Dead and Gone. This is from a radio show hosted by a gentleman named Mr. Winters. We don't know anything else about Mr. Winters except he does interview Irving Berlin. The songs are sung by the Noble 16 with Eddie Matthews. This is Wall to Wall Irving Berlin from Symphony Space over WNYC, New York Public Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to bring you a really unusual event. It's my great pleasure to introduce to you a man whose songs you've heard and sung for a generation, but who, because of his innate modesty, has seldom appeared before you in person. The composer of such outstanding and immortal song successes as Alexander's Ragtime Band, Lady of the Evening, Blue Skies, A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody, Easter Parade, God Bless America, and hundreds of others. Here is modern America's troubadour, Mr. Irving Berlin. Thank you, Mr. Winters. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you will agree that this is an unusual occasion, for I am taking this method of presenting to you two songs that I have just written. Ordinarily, these songs would come to you only after a long interval of time, a period in which arrangements would be made, copies printed, and so on. But because I feel... These songs have a timeliness. I am anxious that they be heard as soon as possible. So, through the kindness of the noble 16 and Mr. Matthews, you are now to hear the first of my two latest compositions, A Little Old Church in England. Little old church is gone beyond repair. 
After a while a new church will be there And we'll hear nothing but good Where the little old church in England stood Mr. Noble, I am sure that the listening audience enjoyed your arrangement of a little old church in England. And now, Eddie Matthews and the Noble Sixteen will sing my other new song, a spiritual called When That Man Is Dead and Gone.
catch up with that one man spreading hate. Here's a cow in A small mustache is asleep beneath the lawn. When that man is dead and gone. What a way to wake a What a way to greet the dawn. When a certain man is dead and gone. I feel confident that I'm expressing not only my own feelings but also that of the listening audience when I say that we've enjoyed these two new songs tremendously. Mr. Berlin, I know they will be as popular as any song that you have written in the past. Thank you, Mr. Winters. I certainly hope so. That's Irving Berlin back in 1941, introducing two of his songs on a radio program hosted by a gentleman named Mr. Winters. Irving Berlin, a master of public relations. Uh, back in 1918, Irving Berlin went into the Army. And as you've heard earlier, if you've been listening to our broadcast of Wall to Wall Berlin, Irving Berlin stayed up very often late at night writing his songs, uh, sometimes going to bed at 5 and 6 in the morning, sleeping until 2 or 3 in the afternoon. You can imagine what it was like for him to go in the Army and have to get up at uh, 5 a.m., to have to go to bed at 10 at night and get up at 5 a.m., so that uh, when... The command, uh, commandant of the camp, Camp Upton, where uh, Berlin was a private out in Long Island in 1918, said to Irving Berlin, you know, we want to have a musical show where we can raise some money to build a, uh, a, a, an entertainment barracks for the troops. Um, Irving Berlin got together with some of his folks from New York. He brought everybody out from Manhattan to uh, Camp Upton and uh, worked on a show called Yip 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 Hank, which was a big hit on Broadway. And, of course, the biggest hit was Oh How I Hate to Get Up in the Morning, which was indeed a reflection of Irving Berlin's own feelings. He really wanted himself to strangle that bugler. Once again, here is that uh, interviews that we were playing before, compliments of the uh, Richard Rogers archives, Rogers and Hammerstein archives of recorded sound. Sylvia Lyons interviewing Irving Berlin. This is Sylvia Lyons back on monitor with Irving Berlin and the stories behind his own favorite songs. Irving, earlier in the day, you were telling us that an electrician in California didn't approve of a recording he heard of you singing, Oh, How I Hate to Get Up in the Morning. Tell us about that song. Well, uh, it's a very uh, simple story. I went to Camp Upton as a private in 1918, and uh, I had been in the habit of staying up all night writing songs. That was the habit then. And I had to get up for Reveille, and I hated it. So all the stories you hear about personal experiences, this is really a song that was written from personal experiences. Do you still hate to get up in the morning? Uh, yes, in a different way. You see, I used to lie on my cot. I don't know whether your audience will be interested. It may be dull. Oh, I think it'll be fascinating. I couldn't sleep. And all the other guys, there were about 76 in, in this barracks, they used to snore and they slept well. And I used to lay there, and I'd never undress. I'd lay in the uniform waiting because I wanted to show up 
to try and be a good soldier, which I wasn't. Don't you see? You want to be so, ready for Reveille? <laughs> ready for Reveille, and I would show up until I found out that a lot of guys didn't show up. You see? But anyhow, hate to get up in the morning came from that experience. It went into the first soldier show, Yip Yip Yap Bank. I sang it in This Is the Army, and my uh, feeling is the reason it was like this because I think everybody hates to get up in the morning. Now let's hear that song that was popular when it was written, is popular today, and as long as people go to sleep, stay up too late, and break all their resolutions, they will always hate to get up in the morning. Let's hear, oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. And now we recreate a very special scene for This is the Army. Let us go back 25 years to the Century Theater in New York, where another all-soldier show, Yip Yip Yap Hank, is playing. The curtain is going up on the second act. The scene, a barracks at Camp Upton on Long Island. Okay, you guys, it's 9.30. Time for lights out. Oh, Sars, leave the lights on a few minutes longer, will you? I gotta find out who wins the girl on this magazine I'm reading. <laughs> Maybe you'd like me to get you a special bed lamp. <laughs> go to sleep, you mugs. Get out of this army. I'll show that bomb. I'm going to bust that bugle some morning. Stuart! Yeah. Jerusalem! Here. Push! Here. Reeves! Go! Diamond! Go! Berlin! Berlin! Where is that guy? He said he was tired, Sergeant, and if you wanted him for anything, you could find him in the barracks. Oh, he did, did he? Let me at him. Come on, sleeping beauty. You gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up this morning. I've been a soldier quite a while and I would like to state The life is simply wonderful, the army food is great. I sleep with 97 others in a wooden hut. I love them all, they all love me, it's very lovely, but Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I'd love to remain in bed. For the hardest blow of all is to hear the bugler call. You gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up this morning. Someday I'm going to murder the bugler. Someday they're going to find him dead. I'll amputate his reveille and step upon it heavily and spend the rest of my life in bed. Oh, how I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I'd love to remain in bed. For the hardest of all is to hear the bugle call. You gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up this morning. Someday I'm going to murder the Mueller. Someday I'm going to find him there. And then I'll get that other pup, the guy who wakes the bugler up. And spend the rest of my life in hell. Hello, folks. This is Durante, your old pal Jimmy. 
I don't usually go in for making speeches, but I just saw Irvin Berlin's This is the Army, and I tell you, I'm so proud of our fighting boys that right away I wanted to enlist. So what do I do? I rushed over to my draft board and took a physical examination. When I stripped to the waist, the doctor took one look at me, called in 4,000 soldiers and said, Men, take a look at him. Don't let this happen to you. Our soldiers did a wonderful job in Africa. Many of the prisoners they captured are right here in the United States. I visited one of the camps and interviewed a general. I said, tell me, how do you become a general in the German army? He said, first you start as a private. Then you go to the rank of... That's the German army for you. The higher you go, the ranker you get. Folks, all the proceeds from this picture, this is the army, go to the Army Emergency Relief. Don't miss it. This is Preston Trombley at Symphony Space, where wall-to-wall Berlin is just about wrapping down, made possible in part through grants from the Irving Berlin Charitable Fund, Walter and Marge Scheuer, the Herman Golden Foundation, Mr. James P. Warburg, Fox Incorporated, and with funds from the Department of Cultural Affairs, the New York State Council on the Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Wall-to-wall Berlin is produced at Symphony Space by Joanna Cossa, Alan Miller, and Isaiah Sheffer. The coordinating producer is Edward Buds. WNYC's technical director is Edward Haber. The recording engineers are Edward Haber, George Wellington, and David Schneerman. Donna Gallers is the stage manager with production assistance from Mariam Shares. And WNYC's executive producer is Allison Chernow. And our producer this evening, Eileen Delahunte. Our special thanks also to Phil Schapp and Dave McCormick, rather Don McCormick, of the Rogers and Hammerstein Recorded Sound Archive at Lincoln Center. I'm Preston Trombley, and this has been Wall to Wall Berlin, live from Symphony Space. You're listening to 93.9 FM WNYC, New York Public Radio. New York weather, mostly clear tonight with lows around 30. Tomorrow, sunny and highs in the 50s. On Monday, increasing cloudiness with a chance of rain late in the day and highs in the mid-50s. Currently, 35 degrees in New York. Coming up at 11 o'clock, it's New Sounds with John Schaefer. The story of the environment is a story we all share. It's about the air we breathe, the water we drink, the land on which we live. I'm Steve Kerwood from Living on Earth. I hope you'll join me as we explore the most rapid changes in our planet's living history and what that means for you and me.